This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Forever! When your first choice is a big old bus You turn around and boom You end up with us You fucks, you sloppy little fucks, you dumb little shits, you stupid little dumb fucks. Get back in your house and wear a mask, you stupid head. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with me, Meatball and Big Dipper. How's everyone doing? I'm great. How are you, Meatball? I'm doing great. You know, just doing these digital drag shows, trying to make it happen. I had a meltdown last week when my computer literally died, like stopped working. That is crazy. And I saw you went out to report on the streets of WeHo to basically drag all the gays who were not abiding by rules, but it seemed like Turns out was... I got to WeHo ain't a fag out on the street. <laughs> I was lonely. I was like, where are the homos? I was in front of Mickey's walking up and down, like on the strip. Not a single gay. Well, it was I dark times. Staying home having apartment parties. Except for the ones meth. over in New York doing the meth gala. <laughs> That's Did you true. see that? What? Uh, well, if I we're talking about, about that. yeah, if we're talking yes. about New York, let's bring in our special guest, Make Mr. Some noise. The Killer. <laughs> exactly how my resume reads. Exactly. <laughs> we have this King is, The Killer. Thank you for getting my pronouns correct. Thank you, Mister. <laughs> Your pronouns are Mister. <laughs> Hard ER on that one. Thank you. I've, I've always known you to be a Mr. The Killer. Right. Um, how how is gentrified Bushwick? Um it's a bit much. Like I gag. Like because like I used to live in Bushwick, like, and I thought that that was the limit of the gentrification. And then I uh-huh. moved back and I'm like, oh shit. Like She's- it legit. Bushwick is now Berlin. Like, it's it's kind of... Like, oh. you could rent a Vespa. Like, it's kind of intense. Oh, wow. wow. Meatball, yeah. you lived... When you lived in New York, you lived in Manhattan? Yeah, I lived in the East Village. Okay. Right. Artsy queen. I wa- Well, I wasn't yet, but I was, like, surrounding myself with those people. I was like, right. how do I fit in here? No, but, um, wait. Bushwick... where? Which part of Brooklyn is that in? Bushwick is like by Bed Stuy, like because uh, yeah. you know, I was it's, it's I did near Bushwick where, the where they meet, but I did yeah. Bushwick, and that is not it held in Bushwick itself. That's Bushwick what I is about. held in Bushwick. No, it is. <laughs> at the well, it, we used to be. I feel like the locations have changed. Oh, because now it's, it was at the Knockdown Center, which was like so, in Bed Stuy. Yeah. But you know, with the redlining and things of that nature, no one knows what neighborhood is anyway. So, see, <laughs> that's but, how it works. But I don't, I don't think this is what that podcast is about. <laughs> it could be. Listen. It could be. It's about anything now. Now, we, uh, like we start every episode with like ten redlining. minutes of just talking yes. about like quarantine and shit. Yeah, it's about redlining. Um, <laughs> wait for for people who uh are are tuning in and maybe don't know you uh you are um a recording artist a rapper um recently featured on a television program 
uh, entertainer, <laughs> uh, writer, writer, yes. performer. Okay, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, nightclub and- um, fixture, um, nightlife historian. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you are adding to the Mr. The Killer resume. Well, she's going to be 30 <laughs> soon, so she has to the resume has to be oh established. Oh my god. 30. Okay, so so um I first heard about you obviously on YouTube and the internet, but basically you and I met doing a photo shoot in New right. York uh many many years ago what was many that, eight, moons ago. 8 years ago, 7 years ago, something like that. I actually have the magazine cuz I'm bad. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Go I get it. I go somewhere. get it cuz I want to see if you can see Dipper's bald spot 8 years ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she had a hat on. She knew better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they we did met. they did take pictures of me with fake grills in my mouth. Yikes. We met at the set of details. What year was this? 2012. You see I'm I'm such a narcissist. I keep all my magazines within There's nothing reach. wrong with that. I have them framed. And look, we're, we're on the same page. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. A similar color story. Oh my gosh. Of course they had to put me in all that wig. They love the feminization, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that your sti- when you first started? Was that something you did more of or No, no which is why did... I was so they just wanted to throw all the queens in wigs. It was like oh. very bad. Yeah, Leaf is in a wig and that. Like everyone had to be in a wig. We got it was like a big deal about that. Like the black girls were like, Why why are you all drag queens? And I'm like, We're not. We were just was playing. <laughs> right. So like 2012, there was kind of like this boom in the press where it was like queer rappers or like blah, blah, blah. And and I got like looped up into that narrative a little bit. Uh, and so I always kept my eye on you and the people from that photo shoot, which was like House of Ladosha and, and uh, Leaf and uh, Mickey and you. And um, no Caswell. That, no Caswell. Huh. But he had already been doing she's, doing she's it definitely, for a while. She's definitely a Caucasian foremother. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, because shout I remember... Out, shout out to Caswell. I remember Is listening... Is it to, all over my face? <laughs> Ooh. I remember listening right. to Caswell in college. Me and too. So when I first met Caz, I was like nervous that he was going to be shady, but he was like really lovely and nice. Yeah, I first met him, uh, he was walking down the street with Amanda Lepore, and I was like so obsessed with the two of them, and I had never just like run up on someone, but I ran up on him, and I was like, hi, how are you? I'm Logan. And I just like started talking to them, freaked them the fuck <laughs> out. They were like, okay, bye. Mm. I'm screaming. You were like, thank you. I was so like, thank let's, you. let's talk about your journey a little bit. When did you, you started rapping what, in college? I started recording music in college. I was rapping for fun in high school. What were you doing in college? Like, what was your major? Um, journalism. Major, journalism. Ooh! <laughs> and fashion study. So she was very um, Carrie Bradshaw art world. I just knew <laughs> I was going to end up on Project Runway, and then I started drinking alcohol, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> But so, okay, so when, when, because recording music in college and then you started popping and you were like, oh, I can make money doing this, that 
that must have been such a wild thing because you like got your degree and you're like, oh, I could go get a job somewhere or I could be a rapper. Um, actually, no, it, it started popping off when I was still in college. So it was getting to the point where I was like, ooh, am I going to make it to graduation? <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, because it was like, it kind of started popping off my junior year. But you have to keep in mind that it, the idea of making money wasn't, it wasn't even feasible. My whole thing was I wanted to be able to get into the clubs that I wanted to go to for free mm-hmm. and get a drink ticket. Back in the day, if Frankie Sharp handed you a drink ticket, you were the doll. That's all you needed. <laughs> so the, the bar was set really, really low. <laughs> and then slowly you I started to get paid for things and traveling. And that's when it was like, okay, it became a hobby, then became a career. And then a decade later, now I'm like, what the fuck? All right. Meatball's going to roll his eyes, but I have this, like, I want to, like, expound on this little theory here. Because obviously over the last decade with Drag Race, like, drag, which was like an under, under, uh, like, undercover art form. Underground. Underground. Thank you. Undercover. Subversive. Secret drag. Secret drags, honey. (laughs) So this underground art form has now been thrust into the mainstream. And there are people who start doing drag because they see it as a viable career path to make a lot of money as an entertainer. Right. And also to to to, to go other avenues, like making music or being yeah. a model. You're right. And then with, with music as like sort of leading with a queer identity when it comes to music, which I think like... Um, uh, I definitely do. And on certain songs, you sure do. Uh, When you lead with that, uh, that never felt like a pathway to like, oh, I'll get a record deal or, oh, I'll get snatched up into the mainstream. It felt like this way I can get into clubs, this way I can get recognition from my peers, this way I can express myself. And so I think it's so interesting because people now who are starting like out in the music game, they're like, oh, well, what's the way to get my song on TikTok so that it gets a million plays so that mm-hmm. I sign the mm-hmm. Pepsi commercial deal. Right. And I think it's so interesting. Like I remember the first time I got paid $300 for a gig. I thought like, I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, right. I, like this last is week. Plateau. Okay, <laughs> well, girl, thank you for aging us. Yes. This is the reality. We're old. <laughs> yes. I just, we're all just, very yeah, we're old. old and we're not <laughs> doing great. <laughs> yeah, right. When we came out, there wasn't Instagram and TikTok and things of that nature. So, girl, no, we legitimately had to go in the back, give a hand job just to make sure the sound guy did the sound right Right. (laughs) to to secure the $200 at the end of the night that may or may not be there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, things have progressed. I kind of look at it as like, you know, yay, visibility, that's all great. But a lot of these the younger generation kind of exploit being visible. It's like, Mm -hmm. is it really being visible if it only benefits you? Or are you really trying to be a drag queen because you really love the art of drag? I think a lot of people are not respecting art and things are just becoming avenues to make money. Where when we were coming out, you had to do it for the love of it because there was no big money. Right. Yeah, I remember being feeling so lucky that I like got a gig out of town that I could go right. somewhere or that I was able to like do two gigs a month and that could contribute to my income. But it also it also has a lot to do with what type of path you want. I think there are some people that make music because they want to be this mainstream thing. And there are some people that don't. It depends on your trajectory. And also a lot of people do things for attention. They're, you know, I'm, I don't I'm not like that. 
Well, oh, Meepo, okay. what's that like? I mean, well, you know, sometimes you gotta buy a nice wig and put the it attention. on and <laughs> just to get some attention. No, I mean, I don't know. When I first started it, I I had a little bit of both. Like, I knew I wanted I wanted to make money doing drag, and I knew mm-hmm. it was a viable option. But I also really just enjoyed doing drag. So for the first right. two years of my drag career, I wasn't getting paid at all. Like, I was mm. working two nights a week in drag and working my full daytime job every day just to be able to dress up like a lady. Well, when you started doing drag, what level, what season of Drag Race was airing? Because I think that that definitely shifts it shifts a lot. Like I don't I even feel, remember. I mean, I guess it was like four like years. Four or five years? Four yeah. years. Also, you got caught up in the, everybody's a drag queen, so you really got to eat that flame stick, do that backflip. Yep. <laughs> and or I just, did. Or just be expensive. <laughs> or, well, just, or just have money. You know, all uh, of the above. Meepal did a, a a round off on stage. Was it a round off? A car? It was win? a round off into a split, and the stage broke, and I broke my hip. Oh, I come so back. She, she earned her stripes. Yes, I, I love it. a good. I love a good queen with an antic up her sleeve. Ooh, baby, it was Antics. a good one too because it was like a, it was a bunch of straight people in the audience. Exactly. It wasn't even like a gay bar. So I was like, "This is that's, drag, baby. We break it, our bodies." And you want to know what? That's what I miss. Like, I hate those questions of like. How did you survive, you know, being this gay artist? And I'm like, the straight people show me more support than the gays. Like, <laughs> it was true. It was the moment to be the only cut in the club. It's like, bitch, now I can't even get a cocktail in Bushwick without being surrounded by queers. I'm like, I'm ready to check out. <laughs> where's where's so, the tension? What are some of the biggest changes in the nightlife scene that you've seen since you've been in it for so long? Especially I, in New York scene, because it's yeah, one of the well, best. When I came out, it was more of a, we call it like the mixy era where things were getting, like like how back in the day people describe like Studio 54, like you might mm-hmm. see a trans girl, you may see a drag queen, you may see a, a hustler, you may see a lawyer. So clubs and bars were giving that. Then we had the usher in this era of, which is post-ghetto gothic. Right. <laughs> <Like> everyone, <laughs> everyone is so, um, everything has to be. PC. Everything has to be safe space. Everything has to be queer friendly. And that kind of pushed out a lot of people. And now you go out to the clubs and it's like everything is wrapped in bubble wrap. And it's like, okay, this girl's DJing because of X, Y, and Z. She's not necessarily a good DJ, but we have to be inclusive. And it's like, well, that just makes the bar suck. Mm. That's interesting. That's that's a very real take. I do find a lot in nightlife a lot of people are getting jobs doing things just because they're friends with people or right their gender i'm gonna say something that a lot of people are gonna hate but i true did you just say gender did you just say gender yes (laughs) i think a lot of people (laughs) Uh uh-huh go ahead people i don't think i think think a lot of drag kings aren't very good I think a lot of and drag queens aren't very good. I, I think, think a lot of same. drag queens, drag queens I think are really good. A lot of drag queens are really bad too, but sometimes a lot of trans DJs is... are not good. Like it's, Jesus it's, Christ, <laughs> it's just not. You have to keep in mind, just because you're part of a a subgenre of people <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you're special. Yeah, we we had to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are a lot of kittens out there ready to lick up that milk, and now it just seems like milk for all. And I'm like, no. Do your fucking due diligence, bitch. Put in the work. Kiss the asses you don't want to kiss. Like, 
It's more like oat milk for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> Wait, so th- this is an interesting thing because I just did a little, I, I just did like an email interview. Oh, I uh, thought you were about to say Growler Live. We'll get for to press. that. I did do that, <laughs> but I did an email interview and someone asked me, they were like, what's it like being one of the only gay rap artists? And I was just like, my mind oh, explode. No. And I just responded back like, that's they not weren't- true. They weren't black. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And I was like, that's not that true. That was your first mistake, kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were like, I, or I responded with, that's not true. And then I basically was like, there are incredibly famous, like, like I wouldn't consider Lil Nas X like a rapper because he does sing a lot, but like, it's he had too many. the biggest song of 2019, like made fucking history. Next tangent, as, next tangent. It was just crazy. And so then I proceeded to list... <laughs> You, do you see the control that Mr. DeKiller has over me? If yeah. I just do something, I just move on. But I then proceeded to list all these people, and I was like, the reason you pay attention to me, I think I'm amazing. I think I'm a great performer, but a lot of times the reason people pay attention to me is because I'm in a sub genre of people. I don't think that's necessarily true. That's true to an extent, but I also think that we each have our own trajectory and we each have our own reach. So we have things that make us all special. Right. So that's why when they were grouping everybody together, it kind of was flattering because yes, we were able to get exposure and press, but it also kind of we weren't the same. Like right. regardless of skin tone, content, we all were individual artists. Yeah, we don't need any more openly gay artists. Like we're good. <laughs> I don't think we need any more drag queens either at this oh, point. Gee. I'm like, it's like at this day, nightlife is now daylight. Everything is, I'm just like, there's no grit anymore. Like, yeah, let me go read to some kids in a library. That's what I fucking <laughs> want to do in drag. I mean, I don't know. I'm just old school. Okay. So is that why you left New York and went to Atlanta? I left. Because you took a little uh, hiatus for like Sabbat- three months. A, a little sabbatical. sabbatical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just needed to experience something different. Like, and I was there for actually seven, eight months. Fucking Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it was committed. I mean, I was doing traveling then. So like, it was like I would do tour dates around Georgia, like Alabama. I did a gig in Alabama. Like, I was like, Ooh, this is so I've progressive. So progressive. But um, yeah, I just. Where were you sh- in Mobile? I think so. It was one of those places I read about in the history books, like the, one of the marches was there. And I yeah. was like, I was like, wow. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just needed to change the scenery. Like I've, I've traveled a lot in my life, but I'd never lived any place outside of, you know, like the tri-state area. So I was like, let me do the Georgia moment. And I got down there and I fell in love with it. It's so black. It's so fucking mm-hmm. banji. Like, and Atlanta is still one of those places where it's mixy, where you can go into a club and it's not just one note. You know, it's not just set on one thing. But after a while, I was just like, damn, I've been going to the after party after, after hours, after, after hours. I need to start working. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's one of the things about Georgia. It's like, you can get caught up and you just like, Damn, where did the time go? So I had to get back to reality. What, what, like, what are your favorite things about the nightlife down there aside from it being mixy? Like, does everyone get a it's certain black. type of food afterwards? Okay, don't be racist. We know we're all not eating chicken after the damn party, girl. That's what not do you what I, I said. will say. After I you did a show food. in Atlanta, I went to a fried chicken place that night. <laughs> 
so maybe we are. Okay. I well, I like tried, in LA, you know, you you get street meat, and in, in New York, I try not to, to eat after. I try not to eat after eight o'clock. Anyway, oh, she's an intermittent <laughs> faster. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it was black. I I just missed that, like going to a party and like feeling like I'm around people that are actually have things in common with me. Where it's like I would go to parties in New York, and I would be the oldest person sitting at the bar, and I'm like. Oh, you know, where are all the, like, the party heads, like... Mm. Which is crazy just, to say at 30 years old. Yeah, because I used to be the kitten. I used to be the I young, the young, the young kid. And now, and I'm mis- now I'm the alley cat, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Cats? <laughs> the movie, absolutely not. Oh, okay. You're the Jennifer Hudson role. I'm screaming. Was she cute in that movie? I she was, was so scared cute. of that. I was scared of that CGI. But yeah, Atlanta is really black. It's really cool. They have a lot of events and things. It's just the money down there is not really flowing as freely. Which is interesting because like what you hear about, especially like in the rap world, is that there's tons of money in Atlanta. And, and no, there's no, all these strip clubs and like that's There where, is like, money. Right. I just wasn't able to tap into it. So okay, bitch had yeah. to go be on tv go be on yeah. netflix meatball no, did you that, watch rhythm and flow that was i before did LA. not but i watched uh a bunch of youtube clips of cakes Dequila. okay i'm screaming so, let's talk about you as an mc on rhythm and flow yeah what is you know, that like, like how did you like how did you what's it like just being part of hollywood now being a star being a star baby well first of all i've been a fucking star before i was on a netflix ah! show Let's start there. What's it like now having more people know that you're a star than before? You have to keep in mind that it's like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, I really don't know. For me, I work to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't work for clout. Like, I could care less about, like, a a following, like, how many followers I have. I'm just like, does the gig guarantee this fee? Mm -hmm. And will I get a deposit? So my type of trajectory (laughs) is I'm not trying to be like this big mainstream Megan Thee Mm Stallion-esque person. I'm very comfortable being a Peaches type artist with my two apartments, one in Berlin, one in New York, making my money underneath the radar, doing art gallery events and getting $20,000 to do speaking arrangements. That's my trajectory. So, But the show was a great experience. I got to a point where this wasn't my first... Um, time someone approached me to do reality TV. Yeah. This was just one of the shows where I was like, this would make sense. And I looked at the judges and I'm like, oh, this show is going to have a lot of buzz. I just knew for me, I wasn't going to play the faggot game that they wanted me to play. So I was like, right. I'm probably not going to be on here that long. <laughs> <laughs> was you know, there, I was like, but speaking of that game, was there stuff that they didn't air, like where they were tr- trying to like convince you to like, go a certain way or be different than I mean, what you were giving? I mean, obviously we had a coach who was like giving me like advice on things like this is how you should approach this, da 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 da. And you know with those type of reality shows, if your coach tells you to do something, if you don't do it, it kind of makes you look like a bitch. <laughs> which I am. <laughs> but, Cause you also keep in mind it's like 
I'm an adult. I'm surrounded by kids who are like much younger. They've never toured. They've never done anything. I'm like kind of a fully realized artist. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the experience I couldn't learn anything from, but I, I go on set and I'm like, wait, there's no alcohol here? Like right. I'm looking at what's what's important. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not like overwhelmed because it's my first time in LA. I'm like, I've been to LA too many times. I can't stand the city. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm just trying to like, you know, figure out what's best for me. But like one of the um, suggestions was like, do this more like Nicki Minaj. And I was just like, okay, this isn't going to work for oh, me. Right. <laughs> well, it did, it did yeah. sort of seem that the the people, the the contestants on that show who sort of already had their own following and were already right. touring and were already working didn't do as well because no. they weren't able to be fully molded. Yeah, like malleable. Right. And I think that that's one of the things where it's like, I would be one of those artists where if when I was coming up, people compared me a lot to Little Kim because I talked nasty. But it's like, there's physically nothing about me yeah. that gives Little Kim. So right. for me to be an artist, to hear someone compare me to another artist that's young and out, I would have to get a new haircut, a new style, a new cut, a new cut. Like something would have to change. But these right. kids don't think about it like that. Like when we were coming up, if you shot with the same photographer, that was an issue. If you use the same producer, that was an issue. So right now people are just doing what they have to do. That's trendy. And it's just like, that doesn't really breed longevity. Well, let's just talk about that one iconic moment. Meepal, I'm sure you saw it when you were looking at the YouTube video, when uh, Cardi B said, let me ask you. You I gay? Can't. I can't. You gay? That was literally the first clip that comes up when you search your name in that show is her saying that to you. What? I mean, I think it's just What so went through f- your head in that moment, though, when she said that? I don't know. I was, I was drunk because I brought my own alcohol <laughs> to the first episode. And what people have to realize about these tapings, like... <laughs> I was drunk. I'm sorry. I'm still dead. No, because I'm like... You're there all day, like right. to mm-hmm. do to do something for thirty seconds, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, like I'm professional, like I'm like, where's the call sheet? Where do you need me? Yeah, where can I nap? It's not giving that. This is giving America's Next Top Model cattle call. Everybody's talking, everybody's rapping. There's oh. no alcohol. I'm just like. And so they're the, trying to get you all crazy backstage. Yeah, so and you know, you like you can't wilder- get me. I'm like, you can't get me crazy. Because, like, my yeah. crazy is like, let's get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't think y'all want that. That's not the type of time y'all on. <laughs> oh so, God. for me, it was just like, just tell me when you want me to go. So, at that point, I was just like, I felt like they weren't going to let me go to L.A. But I'm like, I don't care. This is cute enough. Like, I'm rapping in front of Jada Kiss, who's, like, one of my favorite rappers. Right. Um, Fat Joe and um Cardi. So I was just like, this alone as a meme is just iconic. Like, <laughs> it's just to me, it's just so funny that that just like the way she framed the question, the exchange between the two of you. It wasn't well. Like, the de- the deliberation took much longer than what was aired, which was like, oh, like obviously. So it was kind of like, I know me. Like I know I'm a good performer. I know I rap down. Like I right. don't care. And I also know me. It's like. Am I really gonna have to beg for a fucking plane ticket to LA? Like I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god. So I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, first of all, I'm sweating as hell. The lights are on me. I'm just like, oh god, girl. Like the tequila's coming out of my pores, <laughs> and they're just like, they're acting like that they don't know if they want me to go. 
And as they're deliberating, there's this girl in the front row. She's like, but he was the best one. And then everyone in the oh. crowd just starts clapping. And I'm like, obviously, they're not going to put that in the show. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, that's cute. And then Fat Joe gave me some good advice. He was just like, like he like appreciated the way I delivered it. And I was just like, oh, that's cute to have someone like Fat Joe do that. That's all I really needed from the show. Like, right. I didn't have to go to L.A. But then I went to L.A. and I was like, okay, this is cute. <laughs> um, We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right Black. back. Oh. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor Meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppyseconds50 at factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. We're back. Do you know that riff? You know Wicked? I, I'm Mr. The Kid. I, I, I was going to be a theater queen, but then I started drinking. So, no, 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 no. no so, but you've never like, seen Wicked? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, wow. wait. Drinking. Is... You talked about tequila. What are you drinking now? This is, uh, well, I, I, I've shifted over to hard ciders now. Ooh. I'm, since I'm getting up there. So, this is a rose hard cider. That's great. Those are great for the day drinking. Yeah. You don't get too tea- sleepy. Mm-mm. Meatball, you still like tequila? 
I love tequila. That's all I drink. But now I'm drinking martinis because I got a little shaker set thing. Oh, that's cute. And then uh, yesterday I drank a full bottle of Pinot Grigio and a half a bottle of rosé. Been there a couple times. <laughs> and then I was like, I need to get out. I got go, to go for a walk. And then I just sweated all the way over uh, to Nicole's house and back. That's called cardio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Are you, you doing any it... drinking? Me? No, I don't drink. I know. Oh my you god! Do you that. know how many times I have offered this motherfucker a drink? So like, wait, how it's... long has he not been drinking for us? Uh, he, he told me he used to drinking... party in New York. He's talking about back in the days, Paradise Garage days, Chicago. He's... I used to party. Yeah. He stopped drinking every time I see him because you know it's like you haven't seen your friend in such a long time. So you're like, girl. Yeah. And she's always like, you know I don't drink. And I'm just like, oh, I'm such a bad friend. Six months later, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been like eight years. If it's not a longer key. than I haven't had a drink. And I don't want to seem like the one that's pressuring you, but I'm just like, girl. I don't feel any pressure. I just think of I'm like, get with it. That's, get, you're like, drink get, up. Drink up, faggot. What are you giving? <laughs> yeah. I'm giving sobriety. Wait, um, okay, so... <laughs> So traveling for shows, yeah. you're you're what they say. You're what? What do they refer to you as? Big in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to think that she's big everywhere except the states, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, because you you go to like Berlin, you go to Stockholm and Tokyo, okay. Australia, New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, oh, Google yeah. it. Before before the Netflix show, <laughs> the pre yeah. Netflix Google, the, right? What is the scene in Berlin like? I still have never been, and everyone tells I've me it's never amazing. Been either. But like, well, what I guess it? you sh- wait. You've never played a show in Berlin. No one has ever wanted to fly me to Europe. Oh, womp, didn't womp, you just do womp. France last year or something? Yes, uh, yeah, I did do that. I did do a couple shows in Europe. So you're a liar. Oh right, we played in Amsterdam together. You remember that? No. When Big Frida, <laughs> she was drinking. Big Frida canceled. Absolutely no. Big Frida had to cancel last minute, so I think they just googled Big, and then I came up, and so they booked me to replace Big Frida. It was at the uh, milkshake festival. The milkshake. I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. That's when Big Tipper had such a great show, and then uh-huh. I like followed after him, and the crowd was like, "We're not here for this shit," and I was like, <laughs> "You know what? Like, it was so his set was so crazy. Where it was like." It started raining, and, and he was, was just like, in the rain. "As soon as my black ass stepped out, it was like this. Everything just went left, and I was like, this shit sucks.' I was like, you all you people are fucking high.' I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah, but uh, you cashed the check. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and they definitely wanted the queen back. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've never been back. So, so what, what do you <laughs> what do you like about um, like the the queer scene in those European cities, or like what what's the difference? Between I don't think playing a show. I don't think it's a. I don't think in Europe and other places they're not so like label driven. Where it's like this is a queer scene. It's like they're gay people that promote things, but it's mixy. Like different people show up. Like different mm. people of different ages, orientations. So it's 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 more like free form. Also, they have more consumers where, like, everyone is not a fucking artist. Where it's like, in New York, you do a show and it's like, you're doing a show for artists or you're inviting your friends to come. Where it's like, they have festivals there because it's like a bunch of people that just 
are down to just see something. And also they consume music differently where they have no problem sitting, watching an act that they're not familiar with and just taking it in. Mm-hmm. Where in the States, it's like, oh, I don't like this. Or I don't like this queen. Or this queen doesn't like this one. It's more, it's, it's more political in the States, consuming music. Yeah. Or like this person isn't famous, so I can't put them on my Instagram story and have people react that I'm in their Right. Yeah. Where in, in other places, you can just, someone could just really just appreciate what you're doing. I'd, I'd agree with that because I just I did a drag show like a year ago and we went on tour across Europe and I was like, these, none of these people know who I am. It's all RuPaul's right. Drag Race girls and me. No one's going to give a fuck. And it was like the most respectful. Everyone yeah. was like very excited to see me, even if they weren't like it was great. I was like, oh, right. I love this. Mm-hmm. And let me toot your horn there, Meatball. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they start adjusting the lineup so you could start going last because your numbers were doing way better than all the girls from TV? Yes, that is correct. Also, this is one of these podcasts. Oh, we're getting down and dirty. Oh, yeah. No, I like to call it a call-out podcast sometimes. (laughs) One of the girls with new teeth was a bitch. I cannot. Um, Do you want to talk about racism in the drag race community? I'm not a drag queen. I don't know. It exists and it's awful. You you seem to uh, say like you wanted to say. Do you want to talk about racism in any industry? (laughs) Yeah, because there's racism in queer shit. That's why I'm like all that. All that inclusive shit, I'm like, fuck you. Like, you guys you guys want to make things inclusive so you can control who comes in and out. So yeah. you guys can be bitches. Like, and that's my one thing. This is why I like it better when things are mixy. Because at least then you can smack the shit out of somebody and then able to get away. <laughs> now it's like, you curse somebody out and it's like, oh, well, that was very fatphobic, transphobic, right. colorist of you. And I'm like, no, you're just a bitch. And you can't take. <laughs> and I like, feel you like- tried it. I feel like that is like it's like a micro or, or it's a it's a reflection of like the gentrification cycle. Exactly. In like like nightlife or like queer community. Nightlife has been co-opted. So people who didn't feel comfortable and safe in nightlife are now like the bullies now. And yeah. it's like, girl. It's the PC so police everywhere. Do you like PC music? No. Girl, <laughs> I listen to Erica Badu and Jill Scott. That's what I <laughs> Wait, do you like Ari Lennox? Obsessed. Yeah, the only I bitch have... that the only bitch that I had to pull a little stunt to get tickets to go see, like a free I had to I was like, Red Bull, you need to put me on the bill. She's yes. amazing. But also such an example of how social media is now deteriorating these artists. Do you see how it's like the visibility and all mm-hmm. that? It's like that's not my bitch. I don't go live. I don't. Y- y'all should not care about what I'm talking about. Except Listen we do because we have you here on the podcast. Yeah, I'll do a little podcast walkthrough with a rose, but all that. <laughs> <laughs> like going live every other day. That's yeah. that's that's no. And then they they say something really stupid, and now everyone has more time than ever to like listen and record to decode them and copy. And, yeah. And... Also. The idea of being a recording artist, being a songwriter, being a performer or an entertainer, you sign up for one of these routes. You're like, oh, I like writing music and performing or I like, you know, whatever. You don't sign up to also be a news source, also be a pundit, also a comedian. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Uh, A fucking flat tummy tea endorser, a fucking waist trainer specialist, a reviewer of color palettes. I'm like... Wait I'm not doing now. that. <laughs> okay, but speaking of viral moments, uh, Meatball, do you see on the outline on the second page? 
Ooh. Oh, I you guys have notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. also know you're also very professional. I know. <laughs> um, do you see what this headline says, Meatball? I want you to read it. Rapper orders white people off stage because it's <laughs> Black History Month. <laughs> Can you talk about this moment? Because I remember screaming. I was so obsessed with this moment. I, I love can't... this image. You can't do anything in nightlife anymore without it being a political statement, which is why I like complete. I'm like, I don't understand how Christine is someone that doesn't get these outlandish fucking headlines. I'm like, this oh, bitch yeah. pulls dildos out of her ass. I'm like, yeah. I make one little fucking joke and the Guardian is like, kicks the killer, doesn't like white people. Knowing damn well that Europe is one of my places where I get my money. I'm like, y'all trying to fuck up my money. <laughs> don't play with me like that. So Basically, it was February 2018. You know better than me, girl. It's, you were it, at it could have been yesterday. I was, at a honey, I was at a Honey Dijon show sponsored okay. by Battle Ham. It was me, Honey, and Sam Sparrow. And you That's know those type lineup. of parties. It was basically like very circuity. Right. You know? And there was a few um, Black people in the audience, as they are, the right. outliers. And I'm the type of person, I'm very vocal on the mic. You know, I'm very interactive. So I'm in the audience. And everyone's having fun, and I'm just, like, off the cuff. I need all the white people to back up a little bit, let the black girls get their shine. Right. It is what it is. <laughs> because, first of all, it is Black History Month, so regardless. This fucking late-ass black journalist <laughs> records the... No, like, basically, Marco Avando recorded the whole set. Right. So the journalist took the footage from Marco Avando and basically wrote this article being like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... Why are you uh, alluding to me being racist? Like, mm-hmm. it is Black History Month. So it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not that problematic. No, not at all. And, like, if anyone has any idea who you are or who has ever seen one they of They got shows, the tongue-in-cheekness of, yeah. it, of the moment. Exactly! Oh, my God. I, that would be you like people her. getting mad at me for screaming, like, white people send me money. Right. Right. But she wouldn't know what was funny about that. So because I'm the type of artist where it's like, I'm in the, like, the queer alternative world, but I also do things that straight people may get a whiff of. All the straight people on my Twitter was like, yeah, my brother, that's right. You stand up to these crackers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then they was like, but then they're looking at the picture, they're like, but why all these people don't got no clothes on? <laughs> they're, like not in, they're not getting the context of it being, like, this circuit gay party. Right, and they're, they're like, just that like, dude's... yeah, black. They, like, that... stand up for blacks. <laughs> You're like, that dude has eyeliner on. Wait, what yeah. kind of party is this? Right, and I'm just sitting there, like, drinking my rosé, like, I don't even care. The check kept cleared. Right. Oh my god. I love that. Um do you fuck people on the road? You got sex stories? <laughs> I was like, not in quarantine, darling. Not No. They, they just found fucking corona and semen, so no. But yes, I've had my love affairs on road. I mean, yeah. What's the craziest story you got? Oh yeah, this is our, our next segment, which is called Sex Talk. Fuck talk. Fuck talk. How do you not know the name of this segment still? Why do you think I... We've been doing this podcast almost 50 episodes, almost a year. She's drunk, girl. Anyway. (laughs) You don't know my life. You don't know what I do. You don't know what I deal with. Wait, what was the question? What's your craziest on-the-road sex story? I don't have crazy on-the-road sex stories. I've had a lot of sex. I've been doing this for a decade. Like, what the fuck? You You have a weird one? love affairs, don't you? I've had love affairs. You I've like, had I've had you, people be in love with me. 
Oh and God. what, you string them along? No, I don't string them along. It's very much like... Well, let's say I've had lovers. I've had dangerous liaisons, darling. Let's just call them that. <laughs> you know, a little dangerous liaison, darling. But I think the, the most... The best sex that I've had abroad was somewhere in Italy. This tall piece of mozzarella, honey. Ooh! <laughs> You ever just, you just fuck somebody, you just keep doing it? Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things. Like, he he was fucking me so much that, like, I had to do an interview the next morning, and the phone was ringing, and it was, like, giving, like, fuck the phone. Like, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. So, finally, I get up, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm late. Like, I'm an hour late for the interview. Uh. So, I go downstairs, and I'm like, okay, guys, hi, sorry, I'm late, like, whatever, like, I'm jet lagged. Let's do the interview. They're like, oh, the interview is a video. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you guys need to tell me that. Like, like I have to like freshen up then. And they're like, no, it's fine. You look great. And then the girl's like, but what's that on your face? Do you have something on your face right here? Stop. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, look in the mirror. And I look nut all over. No! <laughs> Could you not? Oh my God. Wow. One of the most embarrassing moments, but also worth it. Yes. And so now did this liaison of yours know about you coming to the show? Like, or he you were it. like, I'm here for work. See, the thing about it, which made him hot is like, he didn't, he didn't know about me, right. but his friends went to the show and we all had went out after to an after party and he was at the after party. So it was given like, I was the doll. Everybody is like, you know, like black girl in Italy. <laughs> and I'm just like... And he's like, oh, who is this? Oh, this is the performer. Okay, cool. And we immediately just like hit it off. And I was like, you're coming back to my hotel room. Ah! I love that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best, I may have talked about this before. One of the best sexual experiences I had on the road was in Stockholm, where Ooh. it was that that same situation. I met him on an app. He came over. And then he, we had a lot of sex. It was really, really hot. And then he uh, told me, he was like, my friends have tickets to a show tonight. <laughs> and it turned out it was my show. So he Screaming. like met up with his friends after, but like he didn't know ahead of time. That's always hot. You the know what's thing- not hot? What? When they know who you are and don't tell you? Yes. Baby, I'm hooking up with somebody. <laughs> Mind you, I don't know why I think I could be off the Dis- seat in Bushwick. Discreet? Oh, Discreet yeah. in Bushwick? Listen, I'm getting my back slayed, honey. <laughs> so we're done. So it's giving post, post moment. And he's like, oh, so when's the next tour coming? I legitimately die. Like, I'm just like, what? Can you imagine if he quoted you and he was like, I'm surprised we didn't do this in the back of your Honda I Civic. I can't. Ah! Well, one I time I hooked up with a guy, I forgot where I was, but afterwards he like went to the bathroom turned the lights on and i looked at the wall and there was a picture of me in drag in full drag yeah and i was like (laughs) you didn't want to say anything until now i mean i've definitely hooked up with somebody this is when i was younger when i would do like college shows i've definitely hooked up with people hooked up with people where they were like well i was also of age like in college age okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a lot younger than you did yeah you anyway. old fuck okay, yeah you. i'm like thank you anyway this boy he was like it's my mission i want to hook up with you leaf and mickey blanco oh no and i was like but you want to know what's funny that's not the first time i've heard that since then. i'm sure the holy trinity 
You know, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be included. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I Thank you. Took that personally. Yeah. That's fine. Um, wait, Meatball, do you listen to rap music? Yes. Like, who's your favorite rapper? Casey Musgraves. Yes. No, <laughs> Ama- uh... Amanda Blank. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes, bitch. Yeah. Same. Mo- mother to be. Amanda. No, Lizzie I Lohan. just got very into Doja Cat. But I mean, is that technically rap? She kind of does sometimes. She raps on tracks. Yeah. I think I think a lot of rap music and pop music has really sort of converged now. I mean, but I was when, like such a fucking barb when Nicki first came out. Like I lost. Like that's when I was like, I'm faggoty. You, you like your faggoty attention? Do you know yes. that deep cut from Adam Joseph? Of course, I know that. Oh deep cut, yeah, I'm a faggot historian, bitch. Don't ever play with Does me. Does Adam Joseph live in New York still, or did he? No, I he lives like in, in LA. He moved to LA. She's, she's she's that world of Wonder Girl now. She makes all the the remixes with the the quotable quote the potent potables potent yeah. potables two hundred potent potables. That okay? Maybe we can play faggoty attention on this. Uh, wait, do you have a new album coming out? No, Who but you, you can a- definitely download the best <laughs> of Kicks the Killer on Bandcamp called Killer Essentials. Thank you guys so much. Oh, you have a best of very Mariah Carey. She's at you. that age, number one hit. <laughs> Okay, but your your music uh, projects are Easy Bake Oven Part One. Okay, let's not do that. Do we have to the do eulogy? This? We're doing Hung- it. Hunger Pangs, IMF, uh, which stands for In My Feelings, and Hedonism. Is there more? I know you've done other featured tracks, but those are your releases, right? It, that sounds right. That sounds right, Barbara. Miss Walters, Walters, if Ms. you're Walters. nasty, if you're nasty, you. that sounds right. <laughs> Um, that's a lot of music. Yeah, I was putting out too much music, but I was just like, at in our day and age, we bitches wasn't getting rollout, so it was like, bitch, keep putting out these albums mm-hmm. so you can tour Europe. Yeah, pay these bills, bitch. Meatball, can you guess how many times I asked Cakes to do a feature on one of my projects? Twenty five. Less than that, that. That's, but that's it was about eight. five. Oh, five. <laughs> wow, you're not very tenacious. <laughs> I got turned down every single time. You did not get turned down. Listen, every maybe the bops time. weren't bops, you know? That was the feedback. It said, I'm not feeling this beat. Would this you rather me, me lie? Would you no. rather me lie? No. My go- I've my just go-to. always wanted to do a song with you. My go to is, um, oh, that's not really my speed. <laughs> yes. I can pull just up not, the emails. Where it's just not my speed. Says, that's not for me. No, thank no you. but my whole thing is like, I have sent things to people and they've been like, it's not for them. Not as often as you do, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I still get my features. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have dropped, you know, great project. You did that compilation project with Byrell the Great. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, yeah. Forgot yeah. That. I mean, I'm just, you know, particular. Mm-hmm. She's choosy. She's choosy. She's a choosy lover. Wait, where do you work at? Do you, do you work for that porn company? Like, what do you? Who are you talking to? You. I don't have a job. He makes I music. Was, I thought she was working for World of Wonder or something, girl. And they're a porn company? No. I don't know what I don't know what the white gays do anymore. I'm not. <laughs> he he produces podcasts now. Yeah, I work with the drag queens. Uh, well, that's the coin, bitch. That's the only. That's that the, the only, only people making, making money, money now. No yeah, fuck. that's why the richest person on this show wears a wig. 
<laughs> well, shit, I may have to start getting into it with that. <laughs> See, they predicted it back in uh, back, 2012 yeah, on details. the photo shoot. Yeah, for details, detail, details new. They said all you faggots will be up in up in the geesh, honey. <laughs> Everybody glue your Everybody geesh. Wow. Um, well, this is amazing. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, Thank it was so, so nice much. meeting you. Thank you so for nice giving us your you time. Of course. If you want to follow... The bill is in the mail. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you want to follow Mr. The Killer, you yeah. can uh, <laughs> find him <laughs> at Cakes the Killer on everything. Exactly. And that's that phonetic spelling with a D-A, not yeah, a that's, T-H-E. That's, that's, that's the Negro spelling. You know ah! what I'm saying? You know us blacks, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and go to Bandcamp and you can get the best of. Yeah, the Killer Essentials on Bandcamp now. Please support so I can buy my Asian pears and my toiletries. Thank you. <laughs> Not Asian no. pears and toiletries. They're $10 at the fucking store. Like, this inflation what? is ridiculous. Well, it's gentrified bushwick. Well, well Thanks so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at SloppyPod and send us an email at SloppySecondsPod at gmail.com. You want me to keep going? Okay. Or call in. (laughs) (laughs) You gave up. Or call in with your fuck story to 213-536-9180 and we can play your voicemail on the air. You can follow me at Big Dipper Jelly. You can follow follow me at Spiciest Meatball on Instagram or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See that? You see how pro we are? I'm obsessed. I feel like I'm on Hot 97 again, the way this is just so professional. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that you went on it's Hot 97. It's fine. That'll be a part two. That'll be a part two. Toodles, darling. Bye. Yeah. Google the doll. As, Google the doll. As Tiana Taylor would say when she was 14. Oh, my God. Bye, Miss Things. Okay. Bye. Hey, Slops. Uh, So this week, we're actually going to take a break from the radio plays. Uh, We know you've been loving them, but, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So uh, we'll we'll leave you uh, on the beautiful uh, sounds of Adam Joseph's song, Faggoty Attention, as uh, previously mentioned in the episode. Uh, I think you can only find this on YouTube. So uh, we had to rip it. Uh, but go out there and find it. Adam Joseph, Faggoty Attention. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you next week for our 50th episode, Divas. Bye. Oh, Forever Dog. Sloppy Seconds is a Forever Dog podcast. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Mixed and mastered by Will Pitts. Our cover art was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.